forgot February was even cold because the day I left it was 70 degrees and I was tight like why am I going over here it's colder over here than, than, than where we at and then I come back that would kick my ass boy I walked out the doors not two steps I was like woo shit <laughs> I was just like I had to cover up this is crazy out there Blunt Talk episode 5 man episode 5 you know we back here it's aka the water boy Jordan right here back with my main man it's Doc J, Instagram, Twitter, all the same. It's, it's Joe Estrick. We got fake news trickling into the NBA circles now. Oh, man. Larry Bird talking about, I don't know where they got that Paul George trade rumors, which I knew it, because I'm like, why would you even why are we, why are we scoping out Magic Johnson's Twitter like he's really going to get stuff done? Because everybody got hype. They got hype like Jeannie told him, like, you know, like Jeannie got hype with him. Everybody just followed the Magic carpet trail, like, hey, it's Magic, it's quick, Magic. Quick pause for a cause. Jeannie Buss, I don't know how old she is. Oh, she all right. But, yo... I don't think she's aged. They're showing clips over like a 17-year span. She, look, she still look high. Yeah. Well, she looked better. No, that's that. She's aging backwards. That's the, that, the, the waters of the Lake Minnetonka. You know? Phil, <laughs> Phil Jackson came to New York. He started curling up. Hey, see him I, on the bus I, looking all dusty. I told y'all two weeks ago, man, if you lost that piece right there, you'd be tight too. You'd be salty. Everybody now be feeling it. it. Phil, I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm you sorry, understand Phil. the pain. Now you understand where you're coming from. Like, all right, I got you. I got you. But, but what, man, what was this you were telling me about? They about to change the rules in golf and make it more enjoyable? Man, look, they about like to. digestible, fun to watch? I guess they got inspired by baseball. They want to simplify the rules. I mean, actually, I had like a download overload, so I can't even recall right now what I was looking at. But I'm pretty sure it's something with, you know, the whole stroke counting or something like that. But, I mean, in general, golf is not that hard to count. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where they even think it gets tripped up. Golf is just really a gentleman's game and a game of patience, and you got to just aim your shots. So I don't know what they really would be changing. I got to specify that. Sorry, viewers, for failing me was an expert right now. But, you know, I mean, I don't see what you could really – it's like baseball. Like, baseball really changed the – Intentional walk rule out of everything. Like that's the only one that got improved. Like you gonna save they two and a half whole, minutes. They can clean a whole nine seconds off every inning. You got the cleaning dude getting out a little earlier now. That's all you gotta do. Go smooth out the dirt. I mean, you didn't really save no time. A three-hour game, you wanna save two minutes and say it's a victory. But I don't know how much time you really plan to save, or how easy you are gonna make the game to understand. Look, count your strokes. You gotta, you know, a, a set number for each hole, and you either give or take based on how far away you are from that number. That's not that hard to understand. Speaking of not being able to hit faraway numbers, Tim Tebow has taken his talents to baseball. Yes. And he's making his spring training debut against Rick Porcello, who's coming off a of Cy Young. What, what in the world? <laughs> I what? like that. I he's like batting 194. What are they doing to him? It's, it's A-OK, because you know what? Some people are just competitive people, you know what I mean? So I have no problem in giving Tebow. And they also split in their roster with the World Series Classic, because they got you know some guys going over to compete in that. So there's room for him to get a shot in, just off the natural ebb and flow of how the roster breaks up when uh, World Baseball Classic consideration comes in. So that's one. And then two, I mean, what better time to sneak Tebow into second week of spring training? You know, everybody's getting kind of warmed up, but they still kind of off a little it's, bit. It's, it's almost kind of like he would be working out anyway. If they had that veterans combine. I believe it's supposed to be the same. Is, is, is the veterans combine this weekend? Is yeah. that is that about to be the, the same that, time that he's that playing? That's really one? why he he probably begged them like, listen, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't face them. <laughs> Put me on the field. Might as well, but I mean, Tim Tebow got. All the tools. I mean, as far as his they should let him bless goes. Zach Wheeler's joints so he could finally pitch. Man, that dude got traded for Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran always steps in and balls though. Yeah, but Carlos Beltran got traded off the Mets forever ago. That's when they. <laughs> that's when they brought back Zach Wheeler. We haven't seen him pitch. Man, well, speaking of pitches, man, I like I like to see Harvey get out there. Harvey got out there last week. Um, I didn't. I keep forgetting the Mets got so many pitches. Like Harvey's their third man right now. Yeah, I don't even like lot. the Mets. They got but, a lot, man. But it's, they, it's they're gonna have to pay them soon. So they kind of gotta go all in this year. The best case scenario for the Mets, really, if Jay Bruce starts off hot, and they could trade Jay Bruce for somebody, 
bring in like some bullpen help and let Michael Conforto just be a defensive replacement out there. Let him play with, uh, put him out there with Cespedes and Cespedes, Granderson. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad outfield. So you I'm, gonna, I'm not a big fan of Jay Bruce. That's that's kind of what it is. I mean, I don't mind Jay Bruce because Jay Bruce has some solid seasons in Cincinnati. But I mean, I like that idea. You ride you ride a horse for two thirds of a season and go flipping for something you really need. That's I mean, that's baseball's thing. But I mean, I'm excited to see the Tebow golf changes. I mean, I don't know what they're really here for. But let's get into the combine though. It's it's been a it's been a, it's been an interesting week at the oh, combine. Man. <laughs> Remind me when we go back and edit it. I gotta drop the uh, the Deion Sanders clip watching Taylor Mays run the forty. <laughs> God, he looked good. <laughs> I was like, Deion, what's wrong? With you, you heard bro? it sound like he was looking at his finger. Yeah, like, God damn, Deion. <laughs> yeah, like he's like he's seen a good piece of meat. It's like, damn, like all right, you ain't watching the ribs on the on the grill. He knew he's seen Taylor Mays run the forty and caught the vapors. I'm telling you, just forgot where he was at real quick. Rich Eisen runs a six point zero two though. Raising money too, Rich Eisen. I think he got yo, faster. That's a come up. Right. <laughs> Running in a suit and new balances. That's impressive <laughs> as hell. Yeah, let's, let's talk about some impressive, impressive uh, forty times. Uh, I mean, well, you gotta talk about the man of the hour, right, John Ross. Um, which I'm actually, I saw an interview with him on Sports, and I was very impressed with him. Like, that's that's a good young dude. Like, if I'm rooting for him, number one, but number two, he wasn't exactly quiet at UW, so it's not like the forty time put him on the radar. Nah. But for people who only see the combine as like a NFL event, which shout out to the NFL for being able to market. Everything <laughs> test. <laughs> it's it's a month away from the Super Bowl. We forgot the Falcons choked, blew a twenty five point lead. We forgot the Falcons blew a twenty five point lead. And now we're watching dudes run in a straight line, which right. almost never happens in the NFL unless you're, you're going to score. But that straight line, that speed. cone drill, that yo Christian McCaffrey on that cone drill. Well, you already knew Christian McCaffrey's lateral speed. Like that that was his whole thing in college, man. He's like a Reggie Bush, but not as fast. You know what I mean? He shifts directions like nobody business. And people are still like, yeah, Jim Rat, coach's son, nah, high motor. Nah, nah. You gotta nah, get No, no, it, it's okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is white. He's athletic. You could say that. It's okay. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, fine. it's okay to admit that it's not the, the most common thing in the world too, but definitely you gotta give Christian McCaffrey his respect. Like that that boy good. Like that, yeah, nah. that's all there is to it. Just like Julian that's Edelman, real. you know, sidetrack. Julian Edelman has to get respect at this point. Like West Merkel was good in his role, but Julian Edelman does everything you want out of a wide receiver. First time I saw Julian Edelman playing for the Patriots, he was playing cornerback. Right. Yeah, he was a quarterback role. in college. Did how many trick plays at, at quarterback? Two, three throws. He got two, three touchdowns or something like that. Nah, Julian Edelman is a baller. I do like Julian Edelman a lot. I like Julian Edelman more than his team. <laughs> <laughs> Worry, fuck the Pats. But uh, <clears throat> the rest of the combine, um, Jabril, Jabril Peppers, Jersey boy, right on, hometown hero. But four, Jab- four, six, forty. Forget the forty. Come trying out at both linebacker and DB to show you just in case you was looking at me down in the box, I got you. But you know he got to be a safety though. He'll be a game changer. Nah, he's a, he's a strong safety that can come up and hit. Game changing safety like Troy, Cam Chancellor type of, you know. There, you know what it is. There's, everyone keeps saying there's no position for him. If you look around the NFL right now, there's a ton of money backers. There's a whole bunch of guys that play that same position. Look at Atlanta. Landon Collins, second in, in defensive player of the year votes in his second year. Right. Bama just spits him out. Ha ha Clinton Dix can come up and hit and he can cover. Right. Right. Pat, Patrick Chung, that's, that's Oregon, but that's how he plays with the Patriots. He doesn't get a lot of love because they got a very, like, well-balanced defense. There's no one standout guy over there. They're all there, about but, discipline. They yeah. just all, Everybody's in the right spot to make a play. But definitely, like you said, it like there's there's plenty of players that, especially like lately with the the emphasis on speed, um, in the game, there's definitely a lot of money back as you say the guys that can play that safety linebacker hybrid or even smaller linebackers getting out there like they'll re- wheel out somebody that's six two two twenty just because they can move and they can stick in the pocket or in the box and, and make it happen. That's that, all that, it is. That's really all this comes down to. Right. Just in the combine in general, there's a ton of guys that are athletes. Jabril right. Peppers is not the only guy. There's a ton of guys that are come out, gonna come out and have like amazing forty times burst vertical and be like, okay, he was an outside linebacker, but maybe he's a, a pass rusher too. He's right. not, maybe he's not just playing in coverage. Maybe he's a stand up rusher. This is when guys really show out from what their system had them doing in the in, in the NCAA. Right. I mean, just like always, like exactly like you said, when you when you get out of that system, that's when you get a little free reign because it's. At this point, you professional. It's money ball. I want you to make that money, so I want you to do everything Sean you Sean Watson's do. perfect example of that. Everyone keeps knocking the kids. He played in a spread offense. Man. As, as if he's not – as, as if he, all right. 
I'm not. I don't want to put it out now, but it's gonna be a hot take. The Sean Watson is for real. Nah, that's not a hot. That's truth. That's true. They told, like, first of all, let me say, a lot of them experts that said Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be this or that or putting Mitch Trubisky ahead of him for whatever God knows reason that is. Mitchell. Mitchell Trubisky. There's nothing really to knock. Like, the first thing Dabble and anybody else besides that, for that matter, knows about Deshaun Watson is his presence as a leader. Forget the whole physical things, which should have never been in doubt, the way he balls. You go to back-to-back national championships with a school like Clemson, who, yes, you in a good recruiting state. You get you tap your pipeline, and Clemson always finds playmakers. Mike Williams, uh, C.J. Spiller, Bryant, uh, Taj Andre Ellington, Taj Boyd. All the, so they always find playmakers. Sammy down. Watkins. Right, exactly. Andre Hopkins. But you got to give Deshaun Watson credit because, I mean, in a world where college football is Alabama, Ohio State, and whatever two get there, he brought that school back there twice. Twice. And he does twice it against largely on his back. He does it largely on the and, back. And, and this is offense. not to say he's perfect, he's surefire. He's got to learn when to tuck it because he got crushed a couple times by Ruben Foster and them boys last year. He throws interceptions. Every young quarterback throws interceptions. I think he'll be fine. It's going to take a couple years unless he's in the right situation. If you're getting drafted by one of these teams, it's not like when the Seahawks got – Russell Wilson, or when the Cowboys even last year got Dak Prescott. When you're getting picked by a good team, a playoff team, and they just happen to snag you in the right spot. Right. He's probably going to be a first-round quarterback. And if he falls to the bottom of the first round, and there's a team that you didn't think was looking at quarterback, and maybe they take him or someone trades up and takes him, that's not necessarily too far from a playoff berth. You know, maybe he maybe he'll come along a whole lot faster. Cause that's the job of the team to cultivate the talent. At the end of the day, you can't just look at the players and say, "Oh, you ain't do." I mean, the player is largely responsible, but the team has to install the system, the teaching, the growth. I mean, you got to take the guy from a college superstar, probably a, a one day Hall of Fame college player, honestly, to now a, a true NFL product and a I professional. Think, Right, exactly. And I think Deshaun Watson has all the mental makeup that you want to do that. Like, I think that should have been the last question. Like, if I promise you, if this was Eli Manning with a little bit of wheels back in the day, he would have said he was number one and nobody taking it from him. If it was somebody like that, they would have gave it to him. When Deshaun Watson, for some reason, they was looking for a crack. They were looking for a crack because you know why? The boy was too perfect. You ain't hear nothing about him. He had all the cosigns from Cam. Gra- graduated in three years, no off-the-field uh, issue, team nothing. leader. Nothing. Everyone rallies behind him. Smart. Consistent, not nothing you could say. He well, did. no, th- this is it, you know what it really just becomes. They got a month and a half to talk between Super Bowl and draft. They just have to find anything to talk about. If this guy's surefire the best quarterback, and they're just saying it day one, like oh yeah, there's nothing to talk about. They just trying to overcomplicate it. You got you got to make it a you got to make it a story. They're trying to earn their paycheck. Look, oh, this, that, and the third mechanics, blah, blah, blah. You know what happened? Dak Breskop bit people in the ass with that shit. You want to you overcomplicate it. I'm going to show you how simple it, it is. Let you me know go what out there and ball. You know what else should be simple? I think Miles Garrett, number one pick. He's going to be number one pick. I don't know for the Browns, but he would probably be the number one pick. I, I think, I mean, physically, you know, you know what my thing about Miles Garrett is this, and it's funny because I just said about people making their job too complicated. All right, everything he says is number one. I mean, <laughs> off the charts is like his his physical off the charts crazy. Like I don't know who who made you in the lab kind of thing. Like yeah, like, you know as, far, I mean? as far as like athletic comparables, the big thing I'm seeing is just Devin and Clowney. And people are like, oh, well, he was a bust the first year. That's not called a bust. They take a couple years to develop. It's called a rookie. <laughs> and he got hurt. But Miles Garrett though, yeah, he he's got like the X Men uh, athleticism. Outlandish. But my only thing is that um, with with Miles Garrett, it's not a problem if he could ball. It's if he's worth that number one pick for that team. For that team, yeah. Right. That, that's in that, the first position, right. it's almost like they're automatically whoever's deemed the best overall is who they're going to go for. You're never going to see somebody with the first pick think, oh, what's the best team fit? Right. You know who teams that draft like that? They draft at the back of the draft. That's the Patriots and the Spurs. Man, that's that's the guys that their their uh, first round pick is somebody who's going to be a starter for the next four years, because they know exactly what they want to do with him. But I mean, if the Cowboys trade up the number one pick, then Miles Garrett is a home run, definitely, because that's what y'all need. Y'all need pass rushing. Y'all need pressure. On- if if that three team deal goes down some type of way where San Fran's pick goes to Dallas because Tony Romo goes to the Redskins and Kirk Cousins goes to the Niners, which I really hope none of that happens. 
Not not that like I'm like okay, I'm scared of Tony Romo. But get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. It's over. We get it. It's like Donovan McNabb going to the Redskins. We get it. It's done. Cool. You'll beat us maybe twice more for the rest of your career in four games. You'll only play the games against us because you'll probably be hurt playing against your team. You a true Giants fan, so we'll be you only beat us <laughs> twice in the next. So you a true Giants fan. Yeah, as four as four games in two years, I think he would still win two of those games just on some spiteful shit. Oh, speaking of dysfunctional, <laughs> my Knicks. Man. <laughs> Knicks, man. I mean, it wasn't the worst week for the Knicks. Like I, I some fi- might argue it was even a good week. It, it was. It might have been. I actually liked the idea of turning the music off in the first half. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know why the Warriors players are so upset. Like I never played in the park, which you feel like no music. Like Draymond Green always. He, he's extra man. It wasn't extra just Draymond though. It was Steph too. I was like, what? Like what is it? What is the big deal? Like because it's, it's always a party in the Oracle. They heard the ball dribbling and they were like, what the hell? That's us. They almost lost to try to blame something. That's what it was. The music. They couldn't the deal. With, they, they couldn't deal with uh, baby Kristaps. Hey man, Kristaps, man, Kristaps looked very much like a twenty-year-old in the first two quarters. Grown and, man, Kristaps. And then looked like he did look like a grown man B option scorer in the second half. That move he pulled against Draymond. At the at the, the left when you're, elbow. When you're seven three, you're not supposed to be able to cross people up. That's right. I mean, that's that's always going to be the upside with Kristaps. The fact that he could do that is ridiculous. As a Knicks fan, I'm watching the game. Chris, uh, every time you see Porzingis have a good game, that's that's cool. Ron Baker is getting minutes. I like seeing Ron Baker get minutes because he plays defense and he's got a bowl cut. So you kind of root for him because he looks like somebody <laughs> off like from some a old place school with movie. Three thousand people or something like Wichita that. Wichita State, yo, we got right. a Wichita State player every every year. And went from Tory Murray to Clay Anthony Early to Ron Baker. I'm I not sure Clay how Anthony or why. Early's gonna do something. I thought he was for sure. Ah oh, man, but yeah, Ron Baker getting minutes. Chase on Randall should get more minutes. We got we got to play these young guards, man. Num- Chase on Randall should definitely get more minutes. He look at his D League numbers and and the I, way- I, I didn't even see the D League numbers. I saw the way he played with the team in practice, and I'm like, oh, he plays. He knows how to run an offense. In fact, at Stanford, they run a lot of triangle principles. He's comfortable with running the triangle offense because he played in the triangle offense for four years in college. And that's what you got to do. You got to get players that's ready to ready to play it. But D-League stats, he got 20 a game, three and a half rebounds and assists, but shooting 42% and 40 from three. From three, okay. Right. Dead so, eye. Dead right. eye three so, points. And, right. and he's a good defender. And knowing how to run the triangle and run the team, because look, Ron Baker, I like Ron Baker. Um, Ron Baker is a good competitor. He has good patience with the offense, but he missed some passes. He's all, he's also he's more of an off guard, right? When he's playmaking, that's a plus. But Courtney Lee playmaking is a plus too. You get me? Right. The issue is Derrick Rose is the only point guard on roster, and Derrick Rose, at, at this point, it's just easy you to gotta say. Stay he's a off Derrick Rose. You got you got to stay off Derrick Rose. He could be a shooting guard if you okay. want to. Okay, Derrick Rose yesterday, twenty eight points on nine of eighteen shooting, a bunch of free throw trips. His offense has been there. The burst, there's no question about it. His defense is putrid. That's why Ron Baker was getting all those minutes. You can't have him out there, especially against Steph Curry. When he gets like a light screen on the opposite side of the floor and he just he just starts mucking around, jogs into the paint, doesn't close out. You can't give Steph Curry open threes. Yeah. Like you especially can't give anyone open threes, but Steph Curry, Luckily nah. he missed a few of them. He did. That game was close because him and Clay were struggling. That first team defense is horrendous. That's and then they asked Carmelo after the game, like, uh, why do you think they're out there? Oh, we didn't get an explanation for the bench. You weren't playing defense. It, you know that. I'm sure the coach didn't have to tell you, and I'm, but I think he probably did. He probably did because now nah, people be playing dumb. Like you know what you're doing and not doing. Like it is not. It wasn't even Melo not playing defense. Now Melo, Melo actually had an okay defensive performance. He had some deflections, some blocks, active hands, right. steals. It was, but it's like lack of just communication, as if they're strangers. Right, you right. just put them out there together for the first time. One play stands out where the Warriors worked the ball around to the, the near corner, and there was two Knicks on that side of the floor. I can't remember who it was, but they hesitated to close out on the elbow shooter, and then nobody closed out in the corner. So you got two people standing like right around the logo in between two shooters, and they don't close out on any. You got to say something. Get him and I'll get the corner. And that would have solved everything. But they, they, like you said, this is a communication thing. But I mean, I think, I think part of the issue is they tried to see if it was because of the, the music and the entertainment 
Maybe that was the whole point of the experiment. Like, cut all that shit off and see if the Knicks can. can I think it was a film move. Calls. I think it was a film move to kind of get them to communicate. And it still didn't work. Nah, because y'all <laughs> don't talk to each other. Like, y'all just don't talk. It like, still didn't work. Don't. Just to finish off the local teams. I mean, the Knicks are on Knicks, but just to finish off the local teams, we got New York Red Bulls kicking off their season 2 1 over Atlanta, who's a new franchise in the MLS. That was a cool little win. New York FC opened up yesterday, too, and they had to play in. What I'm gonna call the best home environment in all of MLS. Orlando. Oh man, that yeah. new stadium looks crazy. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Rid- that really, I mean, that's the thing that the MLS need to get. Usually, get some better stadiums. Red Bull Arena is cool, but it, that, that they just look- gotta dump some money into soccer. Because when we can start buying the best talent from uh, around the world, more of the talent will come here. But Everyone keeps saying we could build it organically. You don't just birth unicorns. Like it's not but, that easy. But you gotta understand the market. Like, some of them players will take, like, David V and all that stuff are going to take the money. That's later. They're older. Uh, right. They're Other older one, that but that's what I'm saying. Other ones don't want to come in their prom because they want to compete in in the EPL or in La Liga because they're going to get that money anyway. Like, we can't. There's no way you can outbuy soccer with these other leagues. We can't do it yet. Even though we America, we got big, bad dollars, we not outbuying Real Madrid. Because they sell out 60,000, 70,000 arenas. So they, Everywhere they go. Right. So they, they, they don't care. We can't outbuy them yet. Yeah, so, soccer is not necessarily a major sport yet in this country. Right. So you can't imagine that the ML, but the MLS is definitely making making uh, strides in the right direction. Oh, definitely. Looking definitely. around at all the leagues, I think everyone's starting to embrace that change. We just talked about golf making rule changes, baseball's making rule changes. The NFL seems like it, it wants to make some type of change, but they're not sure where they want to go yet. That's it, part of the safety issues around them. They're still looking at ways to make the game safer without taking parts of the game away. And then the NBA, I say, is probably in the best hands. The NBA is in the best position because they in that NBA is in the best position because they in that kind of soccer position or football, whatever you want to call it, where they're played by everyone because they can be played by everyone. So they're a worldwide game and they're growing. Like soccer already achieved that pinnacle, so they just kind of just trying to hold on. Football is not gonna reach that just because fo- football is a gladiator sport. At the end of the day, no matter how you slice it, football is a gladiator sport. You take away the physicality, you take away the game. So they can't. They're going to go they so far. I heard them mention like a seven-on-seven seven flag football. That might possibly be the future of football. If that's where future what, uh, the future of football goes, it's only because fu- fu- uh, football died already. Right. Like if that's where right. football goes to, it's because football's dead. If I wanted to watch that, I would be watching the real league right now. Shout out to boxing. Big weekend for free. Big for free. We- big weekend for free. And boxing's biggest name, the retired Floyd Mayweather, found out how real the U.K. grime scene is. Yeah, it does get kind of crazy. But on, what, what, my whole parallel I was just about to make is that's all about the NFL in order to stay relevant if they were to make it like a 7-on-7 seven seven, flag league or something like that. Could you imagine if they're like, well, we got to keep boxing hot. How do we do that? Let's do it like WWE. <laughs> Have you, you, might, you might hear all the jokes now like it kind of is with the promos and all that stuff. Imagine it was straight up just scripted. We came out every Monday. They had Monday night fights or just Friday night fights, like sponsored by Vince McMahon, like the XFL joint venture. They'll probably do better like that. Braun Strowman is like a People super heavyweight. People run for fights too much. Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia last weekend was a big fight because it was two undefeated champions fight as a unification fight for their right. title, which is what every big fight should be. Right. Not, not, it's not always going to be undefeated champions because not everyone. Someone has to lose, right? Someone has to lose. But if you just have the top guys in each of their respective classes, we had Manny Pacquiao was about to fight Jeff Horn, some Australian dude. He's from, trying to fight Amir Khan again, he's, leapfrog. Um, no, nah, he's gonna. he didn't fight Amir Khan before. He's going to fight Amir Khan now, though. But they called off that other fight. But what was the whole point of even setting that up? Why in the world were you fighting some dude that we never even heard of? Because he didn't want to lose. That's really what it comes down to, trying to get back on the right track. I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's not going to get that Mayweather fight. I'm not, I'm not here in a minute's boxing. In fact, we should have another boxing episode soon. <laughs> I know my brother does the uh, combat sports over there, ESNY, right. see you. Swinging back uh, to the NBA for a second. Uh, Mark Cuban, once again, pulls out his hater card. But he had a point this time. Not relating to Russell Westbrook, and if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, Mark Cuban once again reiterated that Russell Westbrook is not a superstar and reiterated his criteria of what a superstar should be. Now, Mark Cuban's not wrong. He's wrong about Russell Westbrook, but he's not wrong. 
First of all, Russell Westbrook deserves all the credit in the world just because his sheer comp- competitiveness and tenacity is the only reason why Thunder is a competitive team, somewhat competitive team in the first place. Yeah, not not to take anything away from who he's playing with, but he really makes that all go. No, you could take everything from who he's playing with. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's not like in a disrespectful way. It's in an honest nah, way. It's, it's, Victor he has Oladipo, to be that good. He has to play like he has that to be for that good. have a chance. He has to be that good. Victor Oladipo was not the player you was hoping he was going to turn into. I thought when they got Victor Oladipo, I thought this might be like knives, sharp, and knives. That's how Pippen and Jordan did it. Nah, that's not what happened. Not yet, at least. Inez Cantor is fabulous. Uh, Sabonis is fabulous, too. Uh, young Sabonis. Fabulous, but... You still got Anthony Robeson, who's a dead spot on the floor. You got Victor Oladipo, who's going to get, he's going to give you in and out for every good game. He's going to give you two, three subpar ones, and then don't even get into the bench because it's Anthony Morrow. Who else? The the Taj Gibson and uh, well, Anthony Morrow is actually gone. He's out in that that Taj Gibson yeah, trade. He was in that trade. Yeah, even worse. They they sent out campaign too, which I I don't think campaign is the worst thing in the world, but. I like Doug McDermott. He's a shooter. They don't have a lot of good shooters. He's right. actually a good shooter. He's not a be- the best offensive player. He's not going to create a ton of offense size. for himself, but he's a good shooter. And Taz Gibson is a banger. My only thing is they need other guards or wings to help Russell Westbrook. Right. They got a ton of really big bodies between Steven Adams, Taz Gibson, Inez Cancer, Sabonis. Even technically, if you want to think about it, McDermott's really a four. Nah. Nah. Did you see Kuz, not to go back to the next, you seen Kuz that day when David wasn't coming at him and he was scared? Kuz. You can't be a four just because you're that big. Nah, Kuz, Kuz is 6'9". Who, who, I, I forget who I heard the quote from last week, but they were ripping the Knicks for all these players we've had in, like fake fan favorites. Or def- of everyone we've had, I don't know if we've ever had a worse defender. Than Kuz? Oh, man. He's scared, man. He is worse than Bonyarni defensively. He's David, got no hips. He's got David, no hips. Nah, it's not even the hips. Look, you ain't got to overcomplicate. That play with the microcon said everything. <laughs> he was scared. They posted up, uh oh. Yeah, one dribble hard and looked at him, and he said, he jumped back before he even got touched. It was like the Marcus Smart flop. Nobody even touched you yet, and you was already ready to fall. So that's his problem. He need to get some backbone. I know you're 210 pounds soaking wet, but don't let them know that. <laughs> like that's simple, straight up. Uh, of of all the Euro Knicks, uh, especially uh, the ones that came in this year, you know, Kuzminskis, I don't see him as a, a long term part of the future. But damn it, he can hang out. I, I like what he does for that bench. He's like he's like Sasa Vujicic, only worthy of seven minutes. See, you said the wrong thing. Now all I'm thinking is you can always sift through the trash. <laughs> but well, well no, nah, here's the issue: Sasa Vujicic is also still there. <laughs> you don't need two of those. You don't need two Sasha Vujicic's. You can't. Yeah, he's a great locker room guy. He's Denver Levins. Oh, so he's Lithuanian, Lithuanian Denver Levin. Back to Westbrook. Here. So, so Mark Cuban had a point with his criteria though, in regards to everyone else, because Russell Westbrook, he does what he has to, and I think he still might even get to fifty wins. And even if he does it 48, 49, I think he still gets it. But in the point to other people like Blake Griffin and things like that, I totally agree, because. Perfect example is Greek Freak. Greek Freak, fa- fantastic player, doing amazing things for a young guy, fourth year in the league, putting up some fabulous numbers, but you're not a superstar yet. Not yet. You got to earn it. It's like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler turned himself, and I'm, I'm not, I don't even want to call him like an alpha yet because I don't think he is that. He's not no alpha. But you turn into a like name player, not just, oh, if you, you come in, it's all hype, you're there. Nah, you got to take that. You got to take that. That's not given. Team USA is nice. Rudy Gay played for Team USA. That don't mean you a superstar. Perfect example. That's right. And, and you know, the same thing. So DeMarcus Cousins fits that example. You're not a superstar. Anthony Davis, sorry, you're not a superstar. Like, you got to make your team win. And you can't just a- say, AD, I need help. AD is, is tougher to say that because a couple years ago, well, the year the Warriors won that first chip, he dragged them there by himself. He's first team All-NBA. Right, and he actually played a couple, a good couple games. His own injuries and the rest of that team since is kind of what holds him back. But I think he could, he could be there. They had a great showing. I think they lost them. Yeah, yeah. But they had a great showing the three of them. That was a lot better than what they did previously. So I kind of agree with you a little bit because AD is like another exception, like Russell Westbrook on that rule. They say like Kawhi, uh, Kawhi through his first three four years, you wouldn't say that, but now a hundred percent he is. Kawhi's, Kawhi's had to let the old people. And Alvin Gentry said what I was always thinking. 
that man got that Michael Jordan aura because he has the one thing that you can't teach that Michael Jordan had ridiculously large hands. He be ball faking people, man. Yo, and it's not I don't, they said he was working with Kobe this offseason. You could see it. He's got all these like turnaround and fadeaway. Popovich showed him jumpers. MJ tapes. Oh my God. Cause look, Pop Yo, he evolved. It. He's like perfect cell. I Kawhi Leonard's the ultimate. That's the ultimate right there. Cause he has no emotion about what you want to do. The thing about Michael Jordan was you had to get your act together because his was gonna be on point. That's what Kawhi Leonard got. You don't gotta worry about no plays off. You ain't worry about no motion. You ain't worry about no little baby tantrum tantrum flare ups. Like Blake Griffin, like was saying, man, f you, the great Monroe. Great Monroe said, do something. Greg Monroe. Right. I ain't worried about what you gotta say. Kawhi Leonard don't even say that. He's looking at you with them same eyes, like, look, I'm here doing what I gotta do, and then all you are gonna do is succumb to the will. That's why Kawhi Leonard's like that. But definitely, there's some people that's not superstars, but Westbrook is is definitely one of them, and. You definitely got to keep him in the MVP conversation. I don't know if Mark Cuban is trolling he, so hard. I, I think he's, he's really, like, that quote applies to a lot of the players. Right. I think Mark Cuban straight up is just trying to troll Russell Westbrook. Right. I don't know what he stands to gain from it. I don't know if he thinks if he says it enough, Russell Westbrook will want to come to Dallas because that'll never happen. I think secretly he doing it the same way he would do to his businesses. Like, he kind of enjoys watching them, so he going to just got, keep telling the and he's stuff. He's got money on Westbrook. Right, reverse psychology, like... You ain't no superstar, then. Ha, ha, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch him get this triple-double now. <laughs> he, he, he got rent. He got rent, <laughs> rent money coming through off the, uh, the arena they play in. Man, he got rent money for the one Cabo home. <laughs> I ain't paying all the yeah. Mark Cuban rent. We, I think we're under 20 games left for every team in the league now. MVP race, who's your top five? You know what? That's too difficult. Let's no, cut no, it. it's Let's not. Cut it. It's okay. not because I'm very, I'm very precise. I was gonna cut it to three, but Look, let's, go, let's go five then. I'll tell you, number one would have been LeBron James if he didn't sit out this last game. I'm totally against sitting out of games. I get it. You gotta rest and all that stuff, and that postseason longer and all that stuff. But besides that. I can't if you sitting out games. I can't really look at you. If there's a guy like Westbrook doing what he's doing, I can't really look at you. So LeBron, number one would have been LeBron James. I put number one Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard don't chase numbers. Any chance that they take the uh, one seed in the West? They're close. If KD don't come back, yes, because the West, the Warriors honestly look shaky. That Steph Curry magic seems like it has worn off. I mean, if the Knicks is out here giving you a game with terrible defense. What is some of the defense. other? What is some of the other good teams doing? Not even, not even worry about the Western Conference. The Eastern Conference team, like the Bucks, is gonna come after you. The the Hawks is gonna be pretty solid. The Celtics gonna come after you. The Raptors gonna come after you. Like these teams will get after you. That Steph Curry aura has worn off. So that's one. So Spurs definitely got a shot. I got Kawhi Leonard number one, playing fantastic. He leads that team every night, whether he puts up. 18 or 35, and he not chasing numbers, so he just gets whatever he needs. Number two, I'm going to give it to Westbrook for the historical perspective. You got to you gotta respect it, and I think Westbrook could leap Kawhi if he hits. I, I think the Thunder would have to climb to, like, a top yeah, five seed. They got to be in the top half of the seeding. Um, unless they could be number five if they're the, who's in the division, which I can't think of right now. I think they in, I think are they in the same division as the Spurs? Southwest? Yeah. I believe so. Right, so. They're tied up with all those Texas teams. Right, number five I'll give him. If he can get the Thunder to number five and they got like, honestly, I'm going to use Mark Cuban's criteria, like 48, 49, I'll give that the MVP race. He's still a superstar, but I, that, that that's requirement for the MVP discussion. Number three is James Harden. James Harden's number two if Westbrook don't reach that plateau, but I'm going to give it to Westbrook right now. for the. But he's having an amazing season. Like, James Harden. He, he's having a uh, historic season as well. Right. It's slightly overshadowed. The only thing I hold a little bit against, and it's going to make me sound like a hater, is Mike D'Antoni. His <laughs> offense inflates numbers, really. It does. Now, James Harden is passing the ball better than he's ever passed the ball, and he's playing defense, so that helps. It's that, the David Lee factor. You got the ball in your hand 45% of the time, you better put up some numbers. Yeah. You're just that good of a player that you put up that good of numbers. But James Harden number three. LeBron drops to number four because he's missing games. And I would have LeBron number one because I hate that whole voter fatigue argument. You know what Westbrook's facing? Westbrook's facing the same thing LeBron faced in third season of the league when he dropped 31, 8, and 8, and he still didn't win the MVP. LeBron should realistically be a six-time MVP by now. At least. Right. But his be- his season with his best numbers, like, 
Westbrook is having a better season than the season when Derrick Rose robbed LeBron at one time. Derrick Rose got his one MVP where he's averaging 21 or something like that. Uh, nah, Derrick Rose that year was averaging 26 or 27. Nah, he wasn't that high. It he, was like 22. I, I feel like he was almost 10 points above what he's averaging right now. Nah. Because, yeah, I saw a graphic yesterday mentioning that his points in, in the paint per game are close to that MVP level. Derrick Rose MVP level is like 22 points a game. He's not that far off. I know you're very upset right now with your Knicks, but he's not that far off from his level for four. He checks out when he's not when he doesn't have the ball. He doesn't have a role in the offense, he's and he doesn't little, play defense. He's just not there mentally he, because he needs Tom Thibodeau. Nah, he don't need Tom Thibodeau. I think he, he does. Just, he one of people that look. He he one of instinctual ballers. Like, I'm sorry well, to say, this, it. this is the way Tom Thibodeau ran his offense. He wouldn't force an offense on Derrick Rose because if he did. He just shuts down, like legit. You try to tell him run this, his game's just frazzled. He doesn't know what to do, so he just kind of shuts it down. So his whole thing was the rest of the team has to play through you. You don't get the you power forward, shooting guard, center, small forward. You don't get the ball from him so you can create your shots. You got to set it up for him. I think I think uh, Tom Thibodeau, you got it right, but I think it's more that he had a basic pick and roll offense because that's what Derrick Rose understands, especially at that point. By the way, his MVP numbers was twenty five and eight, so we was both kind of wrong, but right. But I was writer, writer maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think Derrick Rose just like he don't grasp offenses like that. I mean, if you look at Memphis, it was just kind of the same thing. The offense just plays off of him. And he's just a really natural penetrator. And that's what he knows. He don't know and how Chris to... Chris Douglas Roberts would get buckets. He would. And Derrick Rose don't know how to, like, kind of move around some complex offense. I think that's what it is. Because, look, sorry to say it, Derrick Rose has never been the most savvy player in the world. It was more of an instinctual kind of physical dominance. And I think that's just what it is. And he kind of relies on that. So, which is not to say he's not great at what he does, but I think that's more it. But LeBron would be number four. And number five, rounding the whole thing out. I might have to put KD in there. I mean, it might be somebody else if, if it drops oh, You just said the Thunder, who, who at Thomas. least best. Yeah, I think Isaiah has a case in there. But yeah. to be fair to KD, to make the case without even making the case, we just talked about how the Thunder aren't as thunderish as or the Thunder. I'm sorry. We just talked about how the Warriors aren't looking as dominant no, as they were. They're not the same team. Even Even right before he went down, but now when he's out, for sure, you see he's out. Right. And that's not a shock to anybody, but that goes to show how, how much of a difference, what the difference between skill level is even between Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Right, and he the anchor to their defense. I mean, the numbers he's putting up in, on the defensive end is kind of, you know, at first I wasn't giving it to him, but it's kind of outlandish. He, he's a rim protector yes, now. You he, never thought you would say that. He's playing seven feet tall, and it's just like you kind of need him They'll still tell now. you he's 6'10". Your team is why. built to need him. No Andrew Bogut, none of that. He's built to need him. Speaking of that, um, I mean, what about your MVP? You got you got a top five? My top five MVP? The list very similar. I think I'm I'm going to change number one. I'm putting Russell one, number one. That's not like a shock. I don't think you disagree with that. You just want Kawhi because of the team success. But <laughs> yeah. this dude's averaging a triple-double. I totally respect it. Yeah, just all Prince, I, I can't I not, can't, I can't can't not, not give it to him. him, right? Like, I can't not look at that. Two, I, I go LeBron. They're not going to vote for him. I wish they would. I wish they would. You get to see how important he is. I said this last week when I, when I had my brother here. It's almost like LeBron's getting better still. And that sounds preposterous, but he's doing more with using less energy, if that makes sense. He's finally hit that point. He's evolving. Right, right. <laughs> he's finally hit that balance between Miami LeBron and first Cleveland stint where you had the Miami smarts. Like, that's the difference between Derrick Rose and LeBron James, for example. Derrick Rose could never do what LeBron James did in Miami. LeBron James literally cut his shots in half, got more efficient, and played a whole different part of the court. He operated from that key elbow area like a menace. When he started hitting them turnarounds and little pull-ups and little the, floaters. The perfect, not, not to simplify his game, but we'll call pre-Miami era LeBron, Jordan era LeBron. We'll, call, we'll call Miami era LeBron, Magic era LeBron. This LeBron back I'll in call Cleveland, him Shane Batty I'm call, <laughs> this this LeBron back in Cleveland, 
this is LeBron James. This is his the evolution of his game where he's at now. His defense is just as good as ever. Right. He might take some time off during the season to rest up. Every now and then you'll see him pull up on a play because he doesn't always need to dominate you. It doesn't matter yet. He'll block your shit on game, in game seven when right. it's important. But he moves the ball better than ever. Like, he's he's a better passer now oh. than he's ever been. Half these games he should have, like, 17 assists. Then, then turn to Mike Dunleavy and a Kyle Korver, and look what that ha- what that turned into. <clears throat> look, Mike Don Mike Dunleavy and Kyle Korver. I mean, you give at this point, it's crazy that you give him any shooter, and it's a problem. They turn into wait, wait uh, till Jr. is back. James Jones is still on the JR roster. Jr. can't wait till Jr. James back. Jones he about, to, still- he about to <laughs> get on the court, start throwing some hands. Yeah, please, please, Jr. Smith, <laughs> chill out. We'll see, we'll see you <laughs> in the month. Relax. See like, you in a month. He, right. went, he probably went to the club, had to make shots again. <laughs> yeah, so LeBron, so LeBron's my two, man. You see, like he's just, he's so good. There's nothing, nothing more nothing needs to be to said. Say, right? He's so good. Right. Third, I'm going Harden because he's damn near. Now nah, he's not gonna average a triple double. He'd have to average like an additional 15 rebounds a game for, <laughs> for the rest of the year to yeah. finish that. But on paper, he's not far off. Nah, not he's having all. a hell of a year, too. And he actually is playing defense this year. He's and his team got a better record. And his team, he's got a good team Look, around three him. In the, three in the West? Mike D'Antoni's Pringle face. They're doing a good job out there. For some reason, right. the way Mike D'Antoni talks cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Man, Look. I watched all those behind-the-scenes Nick specials. I got to hear him. He's got a weird like accent. I think he grew up in Italy, but then he spent a bunch of time in one of the Carolinas. Yeah, He's something a, like it's something weird, weird about the way it, he talks. It cracks man. me up. But you know what I liked about Dan Tony? Um, when uh, who got hit in the face? Somebody got hit in the face, or somebody a uh, Capella got hit in the throat. In the throat, yeah. And that showed me that you know what? For all the, the flack Dan Tony take, nah, he cares about his guys, right? Because he was he that was one time coach going off, and I'm like, damn right, he he caught right up on the ref, like you ain't yeah, see that nah, shit. He cares like, about his guys, right? So I gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. So so hard, and I have him as my third. I'm putting Kawhi at my four. That that's not too low. Uh, Kawhi's been, it's not. This Kawhi's been great. It's, it's interchangeable. Kawhi's been he is interchangeable with maybe three. Not with five, but I couldn't drop him five because I got to put Isaiah Thomas at five. You mentioned him. Isaiah he, Thomas he, is he's getting five, snubbed. He's five foot nine, but he's actually five foot seven, and he's averaging 30 points a game. I rest my case. You know what Isaiah Thomas' knock is? Defensive impact. It's really hard to be a good defender when you're half the size of. That's not my problem. <laughs> I mean, you could be a great player for all you want. I didn't tell you to be five. I didn't tell you exactly to be more or less my size out there. That's cool, you know, but you don't. That beggar, they took MVP MVP votes from Shaq. <laughs> right, exactly. He's so like, well, he's seven too. It's true. Right, and AI on the other hand, when he won MVP, was leading the league in steals. Yep. So you know, it was, it was something else to look at. But oh, I, that 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 Isaiah Thomas. Little guy conversation we just had brings me to my next point. Did you see all the game winners this weekend? Did you see, about to say did you see that. Isaiah Thomas and Tyler Eulis going at it? That was fun. Isaiah Thomas playing around that last possession, trying to lull him to sleep. Like Tyler Eulis don't don't play hype. Like I always like Tyler Eulis. That that was that was one of the other little guys I always like to watch. So it was actually kind of dope to see him go at it. They had a jump ball, two five five nine dudes. Rudy Gobert's game winner was tight. Cause he kind of slapped that in. It looked like it glided. Right. I, I didn't know what happened at first. Look, I thought they was gonna lose until he slapped that in. I was like, oh, that was crazy. But the big one I liked was it was good for the Pacers. Glenn, Robin, uh, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Robinson, Robinson in the third, the third. Corner. slam dunk champion, starting to get some minutes. I always like Glenn Robinson the third at Michigan. Very, very emphatic block on former Michigan teammate Tim Hardaway Jr. Right, right. Get that what? soft like like they was in practice again. Stand a hold to the you back know. of his head. <laughs> Both of their dads watching courtside. Oh man, well not. Uh, I like big shout dog. out big, to the big, big dog. Big too. dog was there. I shout out to the big dog. Tim Hardaway is currently working for the Pistons, I believe. So yeah, doing he's back he in. do commentary. No, he works. He works on. The he works staff. in the front, yeah. front office now. Oh, okay. No, no, he, he's on the staff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he's working with Stan Van. Okay, okay, that's cool. But shout out to the big dog too. I always like Glenn Robinson on them Bucks teams. Remember they took AI to seven, but they got bounced out. Oh, that was the Nets. I'm getting old. <laughs> Think about it. you talk about Glenn Robinson and Tim Hardaway and their sons. Right, <laughs> right. Like where, where we at? Where we at? But nah, the NBA was buzzing be the happy, buzzing be the happy this week. But for all the good, there's always some bad, right? What is going on with the Lakers, man? 
I don't even want to get too much into it because it's just a family drama that yeah, I'm not privy to. But I'm just going to tell y'all, from all we over here, y'all look crazy. Y'all look all out of I'm out just of happy it's sorts. happening because the Knicks need somebody to take the heat take off. Take the them. heat off of them. Look, look at these guys. The Kings is happy. They applauding. Look <laughs> at the top, top three most valuable franchises in basketball. You got the Knicks. Terrible. I mean, War, not The terrible, Warriors but. are the third, and the Lakers are sandwiched right in the middle. So it's like clown show, clown show. And the show. Magic show. Magic. Cir- Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> but uh, uh, speaking of buffoons in office, nah, I'm sorry, but um, Zach Parisi, did you see that in the NHL? Speaking of buffoons. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, How it, do we get here? But it, it's not his fault because he took the shot. It wasn't his fault. But that was, the, I love hockey fights. That was hilarious. What teammate was it? I forgot the name. Chris, I, was, I was Chris Stewart. Right. He he tried to swing and pop my man right in the face, boy. And then didn't stop. Said, oh, okay. Got one in on the goalie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I meant to hit. Oh, that, yo, that was great. That was great. I had to watch that clip about a few times right there. That was great. I love it. Shout out to Zach Parisi for taking that like a man, though. Parisi Brothers is sick. Um, and the, yeah, the Minnesota Speaking Wild of the NHL, okay, Islanders is coming back in that playoff race. They're making their way back in it. As long as the Rangers finish with that seven seed. You know what my problem with the Rangers get you a, is, though? Get you a favorable matchup. The last two, three years, they just let go all of their playmakers, slowly but surely. What The whole focus the past few years, which is why they've been actually been pretty good this year, they got slow is what happened. They had a lot of playmakers that they were slow. Right. They got young really quick. Like The majority of their top contributors, their best line, the average age is like 26. And I'm good with that, but you still need some... The, the issue with that now, it's not the playmaking. They don't have any. They don't have a lot of fighters. They don't got tough guys, so they get pushed around every now and then. Yeah, but I'll take the speed. Just like you said, I'll take the youth and the speed, and I'll speed take the kills. points. If you, could, if you could never score, like the last two years, you always had in the playoffs. If we don't get the three goals, we lose. And the no, matter you, good, though, no matter how good, no matter how good, the goal and, is. and that was the problem. You couldn't even get the three goals. So I'd rather have young whippersnappers that get their ass whooped because they can get back up, but they're going to score five Speed goals. Kills, right? Look, Carl Hagelin last goals. year. We let Carl Hagelin go after we went to the Stanley Cup and lost. He goes to the uh, Penguins. Oh, he went to the he went he went to the Angels. Uh, not the Angels. I'm sorry. The Angels. He, <laughs> he went to the Ducks right away. Right. In that trade last year, he came back. And whooped our ass in the playoffs. With, from, with Pitt? Yeah, man. Yep. He's so got fast, still. Hey, man. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. What was the other guy? Yandel or whatever his name is two years ago on the offseason? Let him go. You got him from Minnesota, by the way. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I I love how we just bring people in and act like Henrik don't need no help. Like he's the, I know he's a wall, but come on now. He needs some goals. He can't score on himself. And it's hard, especially the offensive now. I mean, look at these kids coming in, coming in, Connor McDavid and all these people scoring Filthy. 40, 50 points, leading Filthy. the league in the, in the NHL, about to get the heart trophy and points and all that stuff. You got to score some points now. <laughs> you got everybody nice. You got to score some we points. We didn't mention the Yankees at all. Oh, spring training? The Grapefruit League champions. Hey, man. They, More they, to come. This they came team. out smack until today. They lost 13-1. Yeah, forget it. I don't <laughs> but, care. They, they already but, won a Grapefruit League championship. Torres. Gleyber Torres is a menace. Menace. Aaron Judge. I like if if Aaron Judge can eat, hover even over like two thirty as a hitter next year, he's cleaning forty home runs. Like that's I, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> he's cleaning like, yeah, forty home runs. Like, yeah, but he's he's bat, he's batting two thirty six. He just has to keep the stroke smooth and easy. Don't he kind of looks like the crimson kid. chin. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he looks like the tick with no suit on. He's a bigger Dylan Batances. That's a big boy. Yeah, he looks like a superhero. But you know what? I'm I'm all good for football players switching over to like football style athletes switching to baseball. That's why I think Tebow has a shot. If Tebow just kind of if he gets lucky and learns how to hit some pitching. But Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is going. I think he's gonna be a fantastic slugger. Just not not no average. He's gonna be straight up like Adam Dunn. Greg Bird is back. I always like Greg Bird. Greg Bird was a solid contact hitter. He give you two, he give you Tino Martinez number two seventy. That's that's what I'm hoping for, runs. man. As a Yankees fan, in my Duration as a Yankees fan, I've seen a lot of good first basemen. Just let's let's go back to as as young as possible. We went from Don Mattingly mm-hmm. to Tino and Paul O'Neill, right? To Giambi to Teixeira, right? And then you and then we had that rotation at the end of this last year, which wasn't that great. But I think Greg Bird is solid on that corner. 
I think you should let him rock unless you can bring in somebody else. Is Matt Holiday still playing the outfield? I know they got him out there now. But I think they're probably planning to move him around. I know he's going to DH a little bit. but Yeah, they probably DH him a lot and every now and then. I don't want him in the outfield. Not that he's he's, he's still he's still solid out there. He's not that old, as old as he is. Baseball, yeah. you know, you can play 44. With his massive forms. But he's he been showing out. Yeah, his forms Stupid. ridiculous. Forms like my calves. He got, <laughs> got forms like Nate Robinson. <laughs> but... The, the Yankees look great in uh, spring training so far. I'm actually can't wait to see Gary Sanchez back for real. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy he's not in the World Baseball Classic. Just focus on home. Let's get it done. Right on. That, that's what the way it need to be. That's the way it need to be. But um, our pitchers looking healthier. Uh, we got that's we got where the, the question back together. Are. Right, the pitching staff. It's not it's not the bullpen at all. It's the starters. It's Tanaka right. and then who? Pineda still hanging out. <laughs> Sabathia is there. Sabathia, man, I think might have a resurrection. Yeah, if you give him some inspired play, I think he's going to show up. I think that's what he needs. Because right now, he's been on two kind of teams. I'm, he ain't signing for that. I'm hoping on Severino to turn it around because he could he could throw it, man. He's got heat. He had some control issues last year. I think I think he could have a good bounce back year. I think Severino could have a good bounce back year. All right, so the NBA showcase, we got another big basketball game coming this Saturday. Saturday primetime. I kind of like those. I'm starting to grow on them. I'm, I'm not a fan of that little John commercial. That needs to go. But <laughs> but we got Golden State-San Antonio Saturday. We were talking before if San Antonio can catch them and overtake them for that seed. It's a problem. Saturday, you can make up a full game. I think that's going to be the most telling thing about KD's injury. Um, I think Warriors not going to get that number one spot. They was number one seed last two years. So they're going to have a different path through these playoffs. Um, but that's going to be a great game. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to show them what they're in for. Um, I think I think people are underestimating the Warriors. Even at full strength with the – I mean, not the Warriors, the Spurs. Even at, with the Warriors at full strength with Durant, the Spurs could go and give them a run. Like, I don't think they're that far off. You got – you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Lamarcus Aldridge, you got Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol's back now. You got Jonathan better. Simmons, who's capable. Patty Mills has been a really good backup. He's he's like a, a six. I can't even call him a six man. He's the fifth and a half man. Him and Tony Parker split starts. Right, they but split they the got starts. such a deep roster. Right, and they all could ball. And then Dejounte you got Murray, dead men coming off the bench to spell Pau Gasol. So I mean, they they got a deep deep roster. So I think that plus. The fact that this system works, I think they was going to give Golden State a run the whole time. That's going to be a great game. But I think the Spurs coming out on that. I think they went in like 102.95 on that. Yeah, so that's, that's Saturday night. And then Sunday, this Sunday is Selection Sunday. We um, have all the conference tournaments going on this week, man. March Madness is upon us. Man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good March Madness for the sole fact, though. I think it's wide open. I think besides, you know, the top four teams, Gonzaga, you know, uh, UNC, Duke, and Kentucky, uh, Baylor's up there. I do like Jonathan Motley. Um, but I like Oregon. I like Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks got a couple buzzer beaters. Speaking of buzzer beaters, he Arizona he, might get a number one seed. Uh, Joel Berry impressed the hell out of me when he led UNC this past weekend to the dub or this past week. But I think um, you got to look at the big names. There's a lot of big names in it. I mean, the All-American list just came out. We can go through that in a second. But I think just this, this bracket's going to be wide open because you don't know which team's going to go. I, I like it. It's better for college basketball when there's one, there's no one undefeated. Right. Like, that's cool. And even if Gonzaga went in because of the conference they play in, you don't see them as like if a team from the They're ACC not like comes Kentucky in. Kentucky or Duke go undefeated. Yeah, but if a team from the ACC comes in undefeated or, or hovering around there, you you're like, like okay, okay right. yeah, they already played the, the cream of the crop. Right. ACC competition is off the charts. Yeah. Too. Not not to downplay anything that's going on out there either. Um, and actually, Seton Hall actually uh, increased their bubble chances with that last one they had um, this weekend. They played. Um, damn, I'm, mm. they played somebody, but um, my man's hit a three to, at the end to go up by four. A couple seconds left, so Seton Hall's not that bubble. They're like 19-11, A lot of bubble watch teams, so I'm gonna be watching Selection Saturday to see if they get in. That's why conference tournament week is big, man. Right. These teams on that bubble, Syracuse on that bubble, stuff yeah. like that. And it's not always necessarily getting that at-large bid. It's getting wins over teams that were probably going to be in anyway. Right. That's that's still game tape. You got until Sunday. Right. Well, let's go just to go through these All American lists. Uh, let's hear it. First team, you got uh, Lonzo Ball, and you got Josh Hart. You got Justin Jackson from North Carolina. I like Justin Jackson a lot. Frank Mason the third, who's the only unanimous selection on Kansas. the team. 
from Kansas and Caleb Swanigan, who I like a lot as well. Caleb Swan Caleb Swanigan is a big body. Right. And he's down there banging at Purdue. He bangs, but he got a nice touch on his he jumper. He does. He can't shoot he can't shoot from the outside a little yes, bit. Yes, he got a nice touch on his jumper. Uh second team, you got Luke Kennard. You got Malik Monk, who I like a lot. I think Malik Monk is gonna be a stud at the next level. Cause he know how to shoot and get his shot off. Um shoot 40.9% from three. Um, you got Nigel Williams from Gonzaga, Dylan Brooks, of course, and Josh Jackson from Kansas, Kansas. along with Jonathan Motley. Third team, you got Bonzi Colson. Uh, you got Markel Fultz. You got Ethan Hatt from Wisconsin, Jawan Evans from Oklahoma State, and Laurie American from Arizona. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a sweet touch out there too. That's that's the big thing. As excited as you get for the tournament. And people say the NBA is like a bastardization of what the pureness of the game is and all that. I'm a Knicks fan with a lottery pick this year. <laughs> so who are you taking off that team as a Knicks fan with a lottery pick? Who are you taking off Ideally, the team? Ideally, this is no pipe dream. I think the Knicks might finish anywhere between two and four in the lottery. Mm-hmm. It's likely they're going to win. They're going to go over 500 in these last 19 games and play themselves out of a position. But... I think if you put Lonzo Ball next to Christos Porzingis for the next 10 years, he's just the kind of guard to play with a big like that. They can get up and down, and he's he's so unselfish. They got range to out. That, I think maybe he might be, of all the point guards coming out, probably most compatible to play with a scorer just because he plays, so, yeah, he plays so unselfish. Markel Fultz, I think, could be a Russell Westbrook. He's got a lot of that to his game. Malik Monk, like you said. Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. I like Monk more than Fox, but Fox can get to the rim whenever, too. I don't know. I I, I want to see what Kentucky plays out, how they play out in this, in this tournament, because this their tournament. last few times, not to say that their teams were overhyped, but their teams, I think, they lost early got, more, they yeah, got more recognition they sh- than they should have and, and took the, took lost the L. Lost early. This year, they're, a lot and under-delivered. It's not, not to say they're flying under the radar, but there's not as much hype behind them because there's no one dominant team in, and, in college basketball they, right they now. They just admitted they're a young team. But I think um, De'Aaron Fox is like John Wall, like back when John Wall was at Kentucky. Like, getting to the rim is not No problem. problem. It, it, it's, it's, it's a pacing thing and right. developing that shot. Right. Because he, he's faster than everybody. He's faster than Lightning. So, I mean, but I do like Caleb Swanigan. Frank Mason the third, I think, going to be a really solid point guard, but I'm not sure if he's going to fall into that Shabazz Napier kind of trap. Yeah, there's you know, certain guys that their game at the college level does not translate. Thing, yeah, because, I mean, not everybody's IT, not everybody's Isaiah Thomas. I think you're right about Lonzo Ball, though. If you a Knicks fan, you got one pick. Everyone feels like the Lakers are out of spot for him. And if that is the case, why? They need to trade somebody. Why would you bring in another point guard? Because D'Angelo's not the one. And what I think... De- D'Angelo's kind of a two-guard is what... They, they don't realize yet because they have Jordan Clarkson. What you got to embrace at the Lakers is that I'm not going to miss out on a player that might change the game because I have somebody else. I'll go figure out how to get him out of here after that. But if Lonzo Ball's there, the Lakers are taking him. And that will be D'Angelo signing. He'll pack up that bags, you know, and that lease <laughs> <laughs> and get it together. But I think you definitely got to take Alonzo Ball. Um, if I, th- I don't see how he's not the number one pick, honestly. I mean – to keep keep it truth be told with his funny shot and all that. There's nobody that's really it, it grew on me and I and I've been yeah. watching the they, Ball Brothers have been like an online phenomenon for a few years already. So it's not like Lonzo Ball just came out of nowhere, right? But I didn't buy into the hype even for halfway through the season. I'm watching him play like ah, maybe he's a lottery pick. Now I'm thinking he's top three, right? Um, at least and it's the only people that's kind of taking him out that spot might be it might be Malik Monk. It might be um, Jonathan Motley. I mean, I don't know how much I, you want to project with his size. I feel like Fultz, a lot of people just kind of signed in already. Like, they think he's that guy. Markel Fultz got that attitude, but... He's got something about him that... You could find scores, though, because you, you got You Dylan can't. He's, he's, a, he's a scoring point guard, but I feel like his game... It's almost like with Ben Simmons last year. It almost looks like he's bored. Sometimes it's like, what's, what's he waiting for? Like he, they know Washington's not going to go all the way, so he's like, let me just finish this. Right. Let me just finish this season. Definitely right about that. I'm, I'm so disappointed we didn't get to see Ben Simmons this season. 
But it's going to be amazing. Yeah, so, cool. uh, so at next time we're on, next episode, Selection Sunday, we'll have came and went. We got to see who's actually going to be in the field. That's going to be fun to talk about. Before we leave, NFL free agency opens on Thursday. Can the Ravens please get some playmakers? Just begging y'all. Just <laughs> well, get some speed I, I, on the I field. heard from a little birdie that Torrey Smith just got let out of his contract. I think he you should come bring back. back. I'll take Torrey Smith and his unsure hands right back. Because you know what? At least, unlike Rashard Perryman, he's going to always run. He's not going to give up on a route. Rashard Perryman is giving up. Like, oh, I ain't get the ball by now. I'm not going to get it. Like, come on, keep running. What is wrong with you? But besides that, I mean, there's a lot of places people could go. You got Adrian Peterson. You got... Terrell Pryor, you got yeah, the Giants. Supposedly are going to take a look at Terrell Pryor. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the Giants uh, looking at bringing in another receiver that's going to cost money. I mean, I, let I would go like to pair. Cruise. I mean, it's natural, natural evolution. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. But with their their focus should be to show up that offensive line. Their plan currently is to somehow keep Jonathan Hankins and Jason Pierre-Paul. So I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to surprise me. I think you could let go to J. I think you let go of JPP with the the death of the draft this year. You can get another pass rusher, right? Because if you the one thing you didn't know is that the combine the level of athlete has went up again. Everybody's jumping out the gym. Everybody's doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, Dontari Poe is now a fourth round pick. Right, like that, exactly. that's what we're numbers. Like, exactly. Wow, that big guy can move. Like yeah, but he, can he can't. What jump. else can he do? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is right now. So I think you could definitely. I mean, JPP might stay, but I think you could definitely, if you had to pick somebody, you could let him go. But I mean, I think Terrell Pryor on the Giants might be just that might be a what big the, target for Eli to throw to on the opposite side of Odell and, and Terrell Pryor. Sterling Shepard too. Sterling Shepard's no slouch. Right. So Odell Pryor. I mean, Odell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Franken receivers. That's man. It, it might be man. I Julio think Green. <laughs> That would be scary, though. You can't say that. Don't don't speak that into existence. Julio Green would be the scariest man ever. But besides that, um, I mean, you got a few other people. I don't know what the Redskins going to do. You got Deshaun and Pierre Garçon with their contracts up. Both receivers. They drafted a receiver last year in Josh Dotson with their first-round pick. Jameson right. Crowder is legitimate number, uh, uh, legitimate number two, number so three receiver. I don't know why they'll bring them both back if you got those two. Yeah, they don't need to bring back either of those receivers. I, I, I see them drafting defense, though. I see them shooting themselves in the foot again. But um Freddie's gonna hear this. Listen, Freddie, it's not personal, but fuck the Redskins. <laughs> That's division of division crimes. I have no part in this. But he's probably right. I mean, seriously, Redskins you know the Redskins is kinda on their way down. Like they trying to really it seems like they really trying to think about floating Colt McCoy as an actual viable starter. Which you already know what he did, so I don't know why he's trying to go back to it, but I mean, what other free agents we got out there? We got Alshon Jeffrey. I think he's changing teams. Wherever he goes, that could be a big move. Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is still a game changer. I think um, at, at times I question whether or not he's an everyday one, but part of that was him playing with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. I think if he gets in an organization, like I would think. He played really well with Brian Hoyer. I think the Ravens would love Alshon Jeffrey. We, got, we don't have a number one. We don't have a number one at all. Um, Steve Smith retired. Bashar Perryman's not that dude. Neither is Kamar Aiken. So that, I think Baltimore would be a great landing spot. Besides that. What's Baltimore's cap situation like? I think they got maybe like double digits, like 10, 15. They still got Joe Flacco's cap hit killing them. He's second to Tony Romo right now in cap hit at like 22 or whatever. And besides that, I mean, you got CJ Mosley. I think he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Um, we got rid of, uh, we get. I think we're getting rid of either Ladarius Webb. Or, um, well, we got rid of Matt Elam, so that helped us out a little bit. But, I mean, besides that, last time I checked, we still, like, at 15, 15 million or so cap hit. So nothing crazy, but at the same time, Joe Flacco's just killing us still. Joe Flacco still takes up the whole cap, you know what I mean? But Hey, man, not everyone could be an elite quarterback. Not everyone needs $25 million. I mean, I wish Mark Cuban would have said he said what he said when we won the Super Bowl, so they ain't paid his fool all this money. Like, Joe Flacco did his thing, but Anquan Bolden made them catches. But that's neither here or there. I'm not going to live back in 2012. I'll move on. I'm just going to make a couple predictions as far as major moves once free agency opens. I don't think we'll have anything crazy to talk about next Monday. I don't see any major moves happening quite yet. But I do believe that Kirk Cousins, the San Fran, is going to happen 
that'll happen closer to the actual draft. Did they already sign the franchise tender or the franchise tag? I believe he has not signed yet. Okay. Because I was going to say $22 million might be a steep asking price for somebody to take. $23 million. I know Kirk Cousins do for nearly 5000 but I don't know if I'm going to pay him that. I think I could saddle with that. But besides that, you got Calais Campbell out there talking about going to the Broncos. Yeah, because they need more defensive linemen. Right, because they need they need a mean of defense. That would be crazy. Like, yeah, DeMarcus Ware, you run your course. Let's bring in Calais Campbell now. DeMarcus Ware, think about going back to the Cowboys, right? Yeah. So that actually makes sense to go slide him in. Um, Mike Glennon. On, on oh, track. the Jets are about to give up everything for Mike Glennon. He on track to be the highest paid backup if he don't go to the Jets. Why are you going to pay Mike Glennon $12 million sit on the bench? We got Jameis Winston. Please don't tell me it's about that little kid thing. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Not to go pay Mike Glennon $12 million. But the Bucks aren't going to pay him that money. No, the Bucks are going to make they him off, They offered him that because they knew he's about to get overpaid by the Jets. I'm telling you, they drove his <laughs> price up. They're like, hey, Mike, no hard feelings. I know that. We gave you half a season to try to start, and then we went out and got another quarterback. So we're going to send you out the right way. Like, yeah, we're going to give him $16 million. The Jets are like, what, 16 We got to give him 22 I mean, the Bucks ain't my team, but that better be the case. If you're going to pay Mike <laughs> Glennon $12 million, you better just be flating him, fattening up the pig for the Jets because I can't see. Mike Glennon is not that back on the pay $12 million. Uh, Martellus Bennett gaining interest from the Jaguars and the Raiders. The Jaguars just moved on from Julius Thomas. They dealt him to the Dolphins, so that makes sense there. The Raiders, they have Clive Walford, who was, a, I believe, a second-round pick two years ago. Yeah. But uh, Michael his Rivera. hands are unreliable. Hands yeah. are unreliable. Rivera is more of a, a blocking tight end. Yeah. Martellus Bennett with David Carr and Michael Crabtree and uh, Amari Cooper. David, I mean, Martellus Bennett is opening that field up for Amari Cooper to get 1,800 And I think they're going to go with those young backs, which leads me to Latavius Murray. I think he's gone. They might sneak an AP in there. Uh, I think AP's going back to Minnesota. Nobody, Nobody's going to be willing to pay as much as Minnesota will, and they don't have an option behind them. The Raiders have them two young bucks who? DeAndre uh, Washington Jalen Rashard. Right, but those are not Adrian Peterson. They're and, not. And the Raiders are built with that Cowboy-style line. Yeah, they have a big really old, good line. I mean, they always built a big old mean-ass line, so – Adrian Peterson might be the key. If you don't get Martellus Bennett, you get AP. Because they probably don't have the cap to sign them both. Yeah, they can't get both. But I think the first shot got to be They spent a ton of money on that defense last year. Which is perfectly fine. That's why you, especially more imperative to get somebody that's going to wear the defense down so your defense can chill out and get after We're gonna the end it here. Like do. Yeah, you hear that, Giants? We're going to have a couple, couple things we're wrong on, of course, to talk about in free agency. And I hope it's something real crazy. Just stay out the NFC East. Just, just. Ravens, please pick up somebody. Give me some hope. Because our offense is looking putrid right now. I mean, Kenneth Dixon is a nice piece, but who else is out there? But shout-out to Rajon Tucker, bringing back that old five-slam-a-jammer kind of feel the way he just Dunk out. City. Right, if they had the old backboards from 92, you would have tore it off. My back might have hurt. He pulled the shot clock off. <laughs> he broke it. It stopped working. There was numbers, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so shout-out to Rajon Tucker. That was great. Uh, shout out to all the all the great games that was this week. I felt like the basketball level was high this week. It's about to get higher, man. As we come down the stretch of the NBA season, now we actually have the tournament heading into the tournament. Right. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week, man. Right. It's been real. Blunt Talk episode five. It's Doc J, Twitter, Instagram, name the same. Our commentary, Instagram, Twitter. That's the page. Go to colorcommentary.com, colorcommentary.com slash radio. Right on. And stay on the lookout for the next podcast we're going to put out through Color Commentary. Play the game. Perfect.